Well, good morning everyone. It's so good to be with you again this morning. And we're continuing this week our series on the path which Ruth introduced to us last week. She explained the principles of the path which says, which says your direction determines your destination. She went a little further and said it really doesn't matter what you hoped would happen for you or what you wanted to happen to you, your direction not your intention determines your destination. Doesn't matter how smart, good looking or rich you are, if you get on the A1 going north, you'll eventually end up in Scotland at John O'Groats. It doesn't matter how determined you were perhaps to go to Land's End. You see, the principle isn't rocket science. It isn't a brain surgery. We all know that when it comes to geography, but for some reason, when it comes to other areas of our life, like relationships, finances, morality, eating habits, exercise, developing skills that make us more competent and valuable, we often walk one way and hope to wind up somewhere in the other direction. Your direction, not your intention, not your hopes, not your dreams, determines your destination. This is the hinge of which everything we're going to learn today swings. We'll build on this in a few minutes. But before we go there, I just want to recover, re recap some of the things that uh, Ruth told us about Proverbs. I want to show you some things about the book of Proverbs. If you turn your Bible and open at the table of contents, you find that the, the Old Testament is divided into three main sections. The first 17 sections of the book of the Old Testament are historical books. They tell the history of the people of Israel and God's preparation for the coming of his son. The next five books tucked in the middle there are the poetical books. They teach us the wisdom of Israel. The final 17 books of the Bible are prophetic books. So it's those middle books there, the books of wisdom, where we find Proverbs. Now I'm just so thankful that God doesn't just give us a history book. He doesn't just say, look, this is what happened. And he doesn't give us a book of prophecy. In the middle, he chooses to let us have some instructions, some guidance. Psalms tells us some beautiful prose. But Proverbs gives us the practical background to how we to live our lives. He doesn't just say, this is the story. He says, this is how you can live practically. I can't remember ever hearing a sermon on Proverbs before, so this five weeks or six weeks that we've been having is really encouraging and exciting. And as Ruth reminded us last week, Solomon, the primary author of Proverbs, tells us why the Proverbs were written. They were written for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the young. Now who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want wisdom? Who doesn't want to know how we live a disciplined life? So today I want to move us a step forward. Having decided about our destination, we can often find ourselves on the wrong path. And I want to talk about how to make a course correction how to change direction when we realize we're on the wrong path 
Chris is going to play us a video now that introduces this theme and gives us some scripture. Earlier, I read verses, and in them a word appears twice that we don't use very often. But it's a great word, because if you can master the skill it implies, your life will be much better. See if you find the word that appears twice, though it's two slightly different forms. For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Did you spot the word? The word is prudent, or in its adjectival form, prudence. To be prudent means to know what to do, to exercise good judgment, or having common sense. Ironically, Gordon Brown, who was Chancellor for many years in the Labour government, was labelled as a prudent chancellor. We don't use this word very much, do we? But the book of Proverbs uses it a lot. In fact, Solomon compares and contrasts prudent people with a second kind of people, simple people. Now, whatever you are, you don't want to be a simple person. We'd much rather be labelled as a prudent person than a simple person. Later in Proverbs, Solomon says, Flog a mocker, and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke a discerning man, and he will gain knowledge. In other words, he's saying some people learn by verbal instruction. A friend points out something that we're doing wrong, and we learn from it. Whereas other people, simple people, don't take uh, encouragement from their friends. They see it as a discouragement. And they often, as the scripture says, have to be whipped or beaten or perhaps just face hardship to learn a lesson. We all know sometimes with our children, we can tell them and tell them and tell them. But until they fall or burn their finger or do something that they shouldn't have done, they don't learn their lesson the right way. In another place in Proverbs, Solomon says, A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Simple people let their emotions get the better of them. They go mad and go into a rage. They spout off and complain when things don't go their way. But prudent people know how to control themselves and take things in their stride. Here's another one. A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to this. Simple people get fooled easily, don't they? And we often come across people and we think, well, why did you make that decision? Why did you do that? Was it not obvious it was the wrong decision to make? Prudent people use their brains. Can you imagine if we mastered prudent friend, prudence, friends? Life would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Here's one more. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but a simple keep going and pay the penalty. That's Proverbs 22, verse 3. Now, that's the same proverb as I read out, the same context as I read out before. It's the same proverb, 
just recorded in two different places. Now why would God do that? Why would his proverb be recorded twice? Well, I don't know. But here's what I think. God put proverbs in the Bible to make us smarter at living life. God put his, this proverb in the Bible twice because he thinks it's doubly important that we learn its lesson. Some people need to be flogged to learn lessons, while prudent people just need a word. So let me give you some words today about prudence. They are, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Proverbs 27 verse 12. If last week we learned that our path is of paramount importance, then the logical question is, how do we choose the right path? How do you figure out what path you should be going on? Or perhaps in some cases, how do you figure out what path to get off? This proverb is telling us the primary difference between a prudent and a simple is not what they see, but how they respond to what they see. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple see danger and keep going. Both of them see danger. Can you imagine two fishing ships out at sea and they get a storm warning and the storm warning is really much more excessive than the skippers of the boats know they can deal with. The wise, experienced skipper makes that decision to turn back to port and take refuge. The inexperienced, perhaps not as well educated or perhaps not as well uh, versed in what's going to happen, keeps going and says, no, we'll just storm our way through and puts themselves and the, puts himself and the crew in great danger. Both of them see the danger. One responds by changing course. The other keeps going and hopes that the danger will never arrive. It's a bit like the ostrich who buries his head in the sand. If I can't see it, it can't see me. If I ignore what I know is out there, it can't hurt me. You can see why Solomon calls people like this simple. So how do we choose the right path? Well, of course, the prudent make course direction, make course changes, or make course corrections even. Part of choosing the right path is getting off the wrong path, saying this behaviour, this habit, this relationship, this you name it, is leading me somewhere that's going to hurt. So I'm going to get off this path and get on a better one. When a prudent person senses that a relationship is moving in an unhealthy direction, they do something. The simple keep going. When a prudent person sees trouble on the financial horizon, they do something. The simple keep spending. When a prudent person realises that God is the most important person in the universe, and their relationship with him isn't growing, they do something about it. The simple keep going. Whatever they were doing, that took their time 
away from God. So just so we're clear, the second half of the proverb says, the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The penalty for what? For refusing to act on what they see. They pay the penalty because they see no connection between the choices of today and the experiences of tomorrow. They overlook the fact that every path has a destination. If we have enough food for today and we eat it all and we have nothing left for tomorrow, we face the penalty. If we spend all of our money today instead of wisely spinning it out until we get some more money, we face the penalty. If we live our lives in a way that isn't right, we end up facing the penalty. And that's why God's given us a conscience and an intuition that when we pray, the Holy Spirit will guide us in the right paths and the right way to go. If we choose not to listen to the Holy Spirit, then we pay the penalty. Prudent people know, know that it's not what they see that makes a difference, it's what they do. So they do things, they make course corrections. How do you make a course corrections? Well, you can't make a course correction without doing something. You take action, you step off a path and go on another one. This is almost hard, it's almost hard because we are creatures of habit, creatures of momentum. We naturally continue to do what we're used to doing. If we're used to overeating, overeating feels natural to us. If we're used to losing our temper, losing our temper is natural to us. If we're used to excess use of alcohol, alcohol will feel natural to us. If we're used to online chat rooms, on discreet pictures, that's what we're used to. Momentum carries us in the same direction. So to change direction means to give up something. You remember the story of the three little pigs. One builds his house out of straw. One builds his house out of sticks. When the big bad wolf comes along, he huffs and he puffs and he blows their houses down. Solomon would call those two pigs simple pigs. The third little pig was a prudent pig. He built a house out of bricks. Why? Because he saw the danger coming and built a refuge. Friends, we all know that life is going to bring us challenges, don't we? Whenever we recover from this economic downturn, whenever we recover from the pandemic, there'll be some years when we're up, but eventually there'll be another downturn. Prudent people plan for it. If you're married, some type of challenge will stretch and strain your relationship at some point. Prudent people know that, so they don't take their marriages for granted. They work on them in the good times, so they have, so they have more strength to weather the bad times. Friends, this morning, let's not waste another minute on the path that leads somewhere you don't want to go. Let's take some time this week to reflect and redirect, to make some course changes it is our direction, not our intentions, that will determine our destination. The prudent 
see danger and take refuge. They get off the wrong path and get on the right path. They make course corrections. They don't just think about it or worry about it. They do it. Sometimes our change of directions may not just be a prudency around our behaviour. It may be also about our attitude. I've been reading a book written by Tony Compol called Let Me Tell You a Story. And I'd like to read you a short story which really affected me as I read it the other night. It's entitled Roger. Some of my friends go hard on me, Tony writes these days, because they think I call for compassion for gay and lesbian people more than I should. They say, it's okay to be considerate towards these folk, but you seem to be running a hobby horse on this issue. It seems to come up time and time again when you speak. They complain because they don't understand that I'm trying to make up for an incredible failure during my high school years. There was a boy in our high school named Roger. He was gay. We knew about it. We spread the word on him and made his life miserable. When we passed him in the hall, we'd call out his name in an effeminate manner. We gestured with our hands and made him the brunt of a lot of our cheap jokes. Then he goes on to describe a paragraph of intense bullying that went on with Roger. And I'm not going to read it out this morning because I'm aware there may be some children watching. But Roger says he wasn't there, but Tony says he wasn't there the day this intense bullying came to a head. But that night Roger went home and he went to bed sometime around 10 o'clock. They said it was about two o'clock the next morning when he got up and went down to the basement of his house and killed himself. When they told me, I realised I wasn't a Christian. Oh, I believed all the right stuff. I was as theologically sound as any evangelical could expect to be. I knew what I was supposed to believe and I believed it intensely. But I hadn't surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I had not yet yielded myself and allowed God's Spirit to invade me and transform me into the kind of person I ought to be. If the Holy Spirit had been in me, I would have stood up for Roger. When the guys came to make fun of him, I would put one arm round Roger's shoulders and weighed off the guys with the others and said, leave him alone. He's my friend. Don't mess with him. But I was afraid to be his friend. I was afraid to stand up and for somebody like Roger. People will begin to say nasty things about you. And so I kept my distance and I failed to be the loving person that Christ wanted me to be. The work of the Holy Spirit was not evident in my life. If it had been, Roger might still be alive today. I read this story and I felt convicted to begin to think about my attitudes, not just to the difficult areas around sexuality, 
but my prejudices in so many other areas we're called to love and care for all just as Jesus did so this morning what do you see as your destination is your path your, is the path you're taking now going to get you there and what might you need to do to make a course direction I pray that God will convict you and let you take the right actions they may be painful choices they may have consequences you may, may lose some friends you may make some new friends you may be unpopular because of your decisions but if you really feel deep within you that you need to make a course change a course correction I encourage you to step out in faith in prayer and let God move in your life and change you the way he needs you to be let's pray together shall we father we just thank you for your word we thank you that you don't just give us a storybook but you give us a book of instruction your word is meant to be a light to our feet and a guide for us and so this morning lord help us to examine our own lives help us to look at the things that we don't feel comfortable about our lives help us to make course corrections help us to redirect ourselves help us to make a new pathway that is pleasing and honoring to you and lord i pray that the holy spirit will go with each person today each person who's been listening to this message each one of us will feel your strength your guidance your courage father you went down a difficult road a road that was not a good choice in most people's eyes but in God's choice it was the right path to go so father we thank you that you love each one of us that you trod this earth you made difficult decisions but you chose the path of salvation for each one of us so bless each person here today we ask it in Jesus precious name by his Holy Spirit Amen bless you all look forward to speaking to you later on in the coffee session have a really good week bless you all amen <laughs>